0: Oh, this is Dawson. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I like kittens. (laughs) Meow. (laughs) Meow. Are at Colby's house? Okay, who passed the test? Raise your hand if you passed the test. I don't think so. Andrew, you're so smart. (laughs) So this is actually a trick test or sort of a trick question. Did anybody, who got frustrated with the test? Colby. <laughs> hey John, I didn't, I didn't get frustrated. To, to be honest, it, it, yeah, it was a little tricky. So this, uh, this week we've got something that is a test for us in the Bible, but it is not a trick test. So it's going to be a lot easier. Colby, why don't you, uh, no. since you've been convicted by this 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 test. Why don't you uh, pray for us before we start our lesson? Amen. Um, some stuff might not be on the screen today, but go ahead and find First uh, John, the book of First John. We're going to be in chapter two. It is. Toward, it's almost at the back of the Bible. First John chapter two. All right. If you don't have a Bible, the dude in the red shirt. His name is John Allen. He's got Bibles to his right. So go see John Allen if you don't have a Bible. He's got really long arms. He can like hand them to you from wherever you are. He's, He's got the He's got that wingspan. He's been with the Okay. So First John chapter two. Uh, we're gonna start in verse three. Verse of uh, what? First uh, John, <laughs> chapter two, verse three. The start of verse three. Where's your Bible? What chapter is
1: it? John is <laughs> three.
0: Chapter two. Verse
1: three.
0: Okay. First John. First John. It's like almost in the back of the Bible. It's it's like a really small book. First,
1: first John, yeah. may
0: I what? read for us? Hey, um, Ver- in a minute hey. I'm gonna show a video and when we do hey.
1: You got Okay. Gotcha.
0: Hey first John First John two, three. Alright, when you found it, say word. Wait. Word. word I did not say word word Aiden said word. 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 word word Uh John chapter 3 First first John 2 verse 3 You're confusing me with 3 something hey. Okay so yeah, raise your hand if you've ever uh struggled with the idea of uh knowing for sure if you're saved or knowing if you're yeah So like that was a big one for me I mentioned this uh on Thursday at uh, Cougars for Christ. But, like, it wasn't a big – when I was in high school, it wasn't so much a struggle of, is God real, so much as it was a struggle of, do I have a relationship with him? Because when I was saved, when I became a believer, I was pretty young. And so I didn't remember, like, all the words that I said. And so I was like, what if I said I'm wrong? Like, did I do this wrong? And so whenever I found myself in a life-threatening situation, like going on a roller coaster – I would, you know, be going up and I'd be like, just in case, Jesus, will you come into my heart? Um, and, you know, or like if my, when my, if I was riding with my mom driving, like, just in case, Jesus, will you come into my heart? Uh, so for me, like I was constantly a little bit worried, but John says that we can actually know that we're saved. And so he gives us one of these tests here. Um Aiden, do you have your Bible? Okay, read verse 3 for us. Read it loud so everybody can hear it. I'm in King James, so I don't know what... Oh my gosh. I'll do it. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him and does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. Who's the him that we're talking about? So, like, yeah. So, we're talking about Jesus. So, so it says, if you if you say you know him, um, we know we we know that we know him if we're keeping his commands. We know uh, that we know him. I am continuing on. It says, whoever says I know him but doesn't do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anybody obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know if we're in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as jesus did i'm in verse seven says dear friends i'm not writing to you a new command but an old one which you have heard since the beginning says this command is the message you've heard (coughs) yet i am writing you a new command its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining says if anyone claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister He is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anybody who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. All right, it says in verse 7, what he's given them, he said it's not a new command. So the command to love your neighbor as yourself, uh, Jesus says it's like the second greatest commandment. That was all the way back in Leviticus so it wasn't technically new, but it's, it's realized in a new sort of way because we can only you know, perfectly do this uh, through Jesus. All right, guys, I have a, uh, a video for us to watch, if I can get it going, uh, as we think about what it means to walk as Jesus did.
1: really really like Jesus but if you are honest with yourself you don't really want to become like him you admire his humility we all do but do you really want to be that humble I mean, you think it's beautiful. I think we all think it's beautiful that the Son of God would get down on his knees and wash the feet of his disciples. We think that's beautiful, but is that really the goal of your life? And is your life headed in that direction of servanthood? You're thankful that Jesus was spit on and abused and that he took it, but you would never let that happen to you. You love the fact that He laid down His rights, but you're going to spend your life fighting for yours and defending yours. You praise Him, you sing songs, and you love Him because He loved you enough to suffer during His whole time on this earth for your sake. But you're going to make sure you have fun while you're down here, and that you have a good time. In short, you think Jesus is a great Savior, but He's not a great role model. And I say that because a lot of times I'll, I'll give messages and, I, and it's about the character of Jesus Christ and the way we ought to follow that character and, I, and it's met with this, hey, no, I can have this, I can have that. And I just got to stop and say, wait a second, is Jesus Christ your role model? Think this through. Is it the desire of your heart that you would be the servant to lay down your life for someone else? The crazy thing about all of this is that 1 John 2.6 says whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Let me read it again. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. It's not not an optional thing. It's not this optional thing, well, maybe I can be a Christian and admire everything about Jesus, but my life will look nothing like his. No, John says, no, whoever claims to live in him, whoever claims to have Jesus in him, must walk as Jesus did.
0: So the test that John gives us is, you know, do you walk as Jesus walked? That's the simple, the simple, quick version. Do you walk as Jesus walked? Uh, so people that were Christians, they didn't like go around saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian and we gave ourselves that nickname. The best nicknames, people give them to you. You don't give it to yourself. Uh, And this idea was in Antioch, they were saying those are Christians. It says they were first called Christians there because it meant, you know, like little Christs. These were people who were going and they were walking as Jesus walked. They were living this life and people were saying those are like, those are like Jesus. Um, They're following him. And so uh, it's healthy to check yourself to see if you're in the faith. And so there's three three questions you need to ask yourself. So go ahead, if you're taking a, taking a note or have a note on your phone, just think about this stuff tonight. Three questions. Number one. Do I believe the right stuff about God? Do I believe the right stuff about God? And I think you can see this in our text. Do I believe the right stuff about God? Number two. Do I obey the stuff that I know? Number two, do I obey the stuff that I know? Not just like no stuff in my head, but also like, am I walking as Jesus walked? Number one, do I believe the right stuff about God? Number two, do I obey the stuff I know? Number three, do I love others? Can people look at my life and say, you know, that person, you know, loves people? I believe the right stuff, I obey the stuff I know, and then I love others. Uh, There's a quote from a guy named Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Everybody say, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. That was a fun word to say. Okay, so he said this. He says, only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. We don't obey God so that he will will love us, but... um, only he who believes is obedient. Only uh, he who is obedient believes. In other words, to know him and to love him is to obey him. We do this as, a, as an outflow of our thankfulness and our love for him. Keeping com- his commands is not a condition of knowing God, but it's an indication that we do. Do y'all agree or disagree? I should have like a couple nodded heads. Uh, if you take this test and honestly say, okay, i'm I'm looking at this test and I don't live like Jesus, what I can't take the test for you. That would be cheating. but I can't take the test for you, but you may have a salvation issue, possibly. Like if you are if Jesus is saying to live this way and he lived that way and your life looks just a totally opposite, like a total different picture. From that then you may have a salvation issue so it says uh the bible talks a lot about fruit and there's this idea of bearing fruit and so let's say um jackie what's your favorite fruit grapes Grapes. all right so if jackie says i'm a grapevine and i just go with it uh she says i'm a grapevine and i look at jackie and she's got a bunch of, she's got oranges, then what am I gonna say? You ain't no grapevine. You, yeah, you ain't no grapevine. You're an orange tree and you have issues. No, can't see the um, I mean, So, Aiden, think about it. If you were saying, I'm a Christian, and we look at the fruit that you have and it's total opposite, what would you say to that person? You have an identity issue. If you're saying that you're this, and your life is proving that you're not, then you have an issue that you at least need to consider. Yeah, you you may have you may not be what you what you think you are. You say you are. Um, if we're a Christian, we don't serve the Lord because just because He makes us, we do it out of our out of our love for Jesus. I heard a uh, I heard a story this week. Uh, that I think kind of illustrates this pretty well. There was this, uh, this was back in the day, but there was this woman who, um, her husband was, uh, he he worked and she stayed at home, and he would write her a list. This is not me, by the way. But he would, like, write her a list, like a to-do list of things to do. And so, uh, and he would get upset, you know, if he came home and the, the dishes weren't done and, like, the laundry wasn't done or whatever. Don't, don't, guys, if you're taking notes, like, don't. Do this. Um, well, he died and she got remarried. And so her new husband, her second husband, was very loving to her and didn't, um, was not saying, you know, do this or I'm going <coughs> to punish you. But she, he was demonstrating a, a genuine love for her. Years later, she's in her cleaning out the attic and she comes across a list of from back in the day of this list that she was following from her first husband. And she looks and sees that right then, today, she had done the things that were on the list from before. But she wasn't doing them because they were on the list. She wasn't doing them out of fear of of a punishment, but she was doing them out of a genuine uh, love for her husband. Now, God gives us commands... God gives us commands, and there's there's a certain way that we are supposed to live our life. But if you are a believer, you don't do that so that you will be accepted. In part, we serve Him. We serve Him out of an outflowing of our love, not to gain His favor. It says, um, "Let's flip over, continue on into verse 15." John two, first John two, verse 15. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anybody loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world sees its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So some of us have uh, stunted growth, we could say. Hey, awesome. I'm, not, I'm not calling anybody out. Um I, I said it this week, like I started drinking coffee at a young age, and that stopped it. Uh, so, living like Christ, being light in dark places, and walking as Jesus walked is true of some of us. But for some of us, the reason why we don't see ourselves growing is because we have a too much of a love for the world. And here's what I mean. I don't mean loving all the people in the world. What is why... What's John 3.16 say?
1: John 3.16 mm-hmm. says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one, because got Son, for who should live and believe him, shall not perish, but have it left
0: So it says, You know, God so loved the world, and then we have this verse saying, Don't love the world. Do you, is that talking about the same thing? It's not talking about the same thing. It, when John says, Don't love the world, he's saying, Don't love a way of thinking that is contrary to the, what the Bible teaches, that's contrary to God's character. So we see this, um, you see this in, uh, in America, you see you know, the cravings of our uh, sinful flesh. Uh, look here, it says, you know, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. So these are things like gluttony, uh, sexual perversion, drunkenness, um, sexual lust, coveting something, that doesn't belong to you," um, says the pride of life. You know, our lives are filled with ads, rock stars, Kardashians. So this worldliness is like a synonym for our American culture. Like when it goes against um, what God says, you know, is the way you ought to be about it. And so John ends this chapter by saying that none of this stuff. The stuff in verses 15, 16, 17, none of that stuff is going to last forever. It's going to pass away eventually. And for some of us, the reason why we aren't walking with him is because we love that stuff too much. There's a story of a guy named Demas. Anybody ever heard of Demas? He's in like two very small, like two parts of the Bible. He's mentioned only twice. And one is in Colossians. and So in the book of Colossians, Paul talks about this guy named Demas. And he's just kind of mentioning it because he's saying, you know, you know how Paul would do. He'd be like, hey, my brother, so-and-so said, what's up? Uh, so he said Demas is doing a good job. You know, he's helping us out. Uh, I think Demas was with Luke. Fifteen years later, uh, Paul's writing Second Timothy 4. Second Timothy is one of the last things Paul wrote. In 2 Timothy 4.10... This is what he says. He says, Demas has deserted me. He loves the things of this life too much. So here's a guy who was doing missionary work with the Apostle Paul. And then years later, he says, he has to write, Demas has deserted me. Because he loved the things of the world too much. What book on that? It's in 2 Timothy 4.10. Don't. Let the love for the things of this life cause you to spend all your time chasing stuff that is fleeting and isn't going to last. You know, are we loving people? Are we believing the right stuff about God? Are we obeying the stuff that we know? And are we walking with Him or are we too distracted? Isaac, would you uh, pray for us? Because we're about to go into our discussion groups.
1: Yes. Yeah.